radical left has taken over the Democratic Party. Hello and welcome to Think Progressively, covering politics and all the other chaos life has to offer. This is episode 13, recorded on Monday, November 9th from Milwaukee. I'm Joe. And I'm Jason. And on today's episode, we'll be talking about the aftermath of the election and where we are going from here. But first, the headlines. Fake news. Fake news. Fake, disgusting news. Up first in headlines, after American citizens have finally watched more cable news in their entire lives this week, Joe Biden has officially been declared the President of the United States. How do you feel about that, Jason? Pretty good. Uh, not like ecstatic i don't it doesn't it doesn't harken back to you know 2008 no it, it doesn't give you obama obama vibes no not exactly but it's like the end of a really long task that you didn't want to do in the first place but was necessary and now at least it's over so after a very long week we finally got results from pennsylvania and georgia and biden happened to flip both which i'm Wow, I'm ecstatic about it. So the fact, again, the fact that Georgia is a swing state in all this just blows my mind. And that makes me so happy. Especially with Florida not being. Right. And screw Florida. Let's chop them off and let them flow off into the ocean. Do a Superman the movie on them. Yes, exactly. So where were you when you, you found out? I was at work. I was, where was I? I think I was just at home. To no one's surprise, Trump was golfing. I will say, so I got the alert for the election results, and then I don't know how it is for the rest of the country right now, but at least in the Midwest, it's been pretty nice for the last couple of days. So I decided to take this initiative to go golfing myself. It was by far the most therapeutic round of my entire life. I was so happy and so like in my zen, you know? I play real sports, I don't golf. You know what? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and as of right now, Trump is still refusing to concede the election and is still challenging its results. Yeah, this election is not really any closer than it was in 2016. Nah. We had recounts then, too, but Clinton still conceded the race when it became clear that she had lost. And I mean, you're seeing world leaders now already congratulating Biden on the win. The longer Trump waits, the worse it just looks for him. That's all it is. You know where Rudy Giuliani was when he found out? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is the greatest story I've ever heard of in my entire life. When I was actually kind of just skulking on Facebook, just seeing what's going on, I saw a post saying, why is nobody talking about the fact that Rudy Giuliani was holding a press conference at a landscaping company? And I had to like do a double take and I had to say, is that real? Like, I, that sounds too stupid to be real. And the fact that it was the Four Seasons landscaping I, company. Even Trump thought it was the Four Seasons Hotel <laughs> when he tweeted it out initially. They're so stupid. They're so dumb. So let's give you the story. Some stupid Trump campaign staffer <laughs> decided to have a press conference or they were going to hold a press conference at the four seasons. So the staffer must've called the four seasons or literally had a Google four seasons and then just find four seasons 
the first search he had just saw without even looking what it was, call the number without looking at any of the homepage for what it was, which I guess some guy on the other end of the phone said, hell yes, please come have your press conference at our landscaping company. (laughs) Female owned, sexist Joe. Oh my God. So the staffer then gave their um, address to everyone, including President Trump. President Trump then tweets out saying major news or major press conference coming out at the Four Seasons, which after that they realized their mistake and realized it was at Four Seasons Total Landscaping on the outskirts of Philly, not the Four Seasons Resort in Philly. So Trump had to delete the tweet, respond with, correction, we'll be having our press conference at the Four Seasons Total Landscaping Company, which was some weird industrial area on the outskirts of Philly in their back parking lot. Next to an adult bookstore. Next to an adult bookstore. Which you know Rudy went into. (laughs) So the article... (laughs) The article I read on Vox speculates that the reason that they likely went for that venue was because whenever they were holding a press conference in a public adjacent area in Philadelphia, like they had a press conference in front of the convention center. Okay. People, because it's publicly accessible, anybody can go across the street, go next door, whatever. They were playing music so loud and dancing that you could not, it completely (laughs) drowned out the press conference. And if you go to the Vox article, which we'll link, they have like a clip of it. And it's hilarious. Oh, my God. Well, then there were even stories of reporters saying they couldn't get into the... um, I know there was one for a fact that he tweeted that he couldn't get into the press conference because there was no parking or no like way of getting in because there's so many people there. So he's like, screw it. I'm going to go to this adult bookstore next door. And he interviewed the owner of the bookstore. Probably a much better story than attending that press conference. And then the best part was Total Landscaping putting out a statement saying that they're not partisan (laughs) and saying that they were just honored to be asked by the president. I can't, Jason, I can't. You can't write this any better. And that's my favorite part. Like for anyone who's like a fan of like parks and rec or the office, this would be like a perfect episode for one of those. I could definitely see it. It's literally a sitcom. Like you just awkwardly stand there. Like, what do you mean? You didn't get four seasons of hotel. And they just awkwardly stand there like next to the adult bookstore. Says Four Seasons. What do you want? Oh, my God. They're so dumb. They're so dumb. And, you know, it was that that moment when I saw this story. I knew things were going to be okay. (laughs) The best part was when the news broke about the race being called and all the reporters started leaving (laughs) in the middle of the press conference. Did you see Rudy Giuliani react in real time? Yeah, it was pretty good. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, who who called the race? Who called the race? All the places? All the news outlets? They called it? Well, I don't know about all of them, but... Every news Everyone called it? Are you sure? (laughs) Oh, it was... It was fantastic. Well, if every news network says, then I guess then we can ignore the law. Like, eh, that's not what people are saying. They're just saying, like, look, it's over. You're going to have to find a new job. Maybe talk to Sasha Baron Cohen. Maybe he's got another (laughs) role for you. And to put things in context, 
70 million people voted to keep these guys in power. It gets really depressing when you think about that. But we still won, so happy thoughts. Happy thoughts. Well, the world seems to be with us. As, as we saw, what church bells ringing across Paris. It was beautiful. A big block. Again, I was stuck in work. I wasn't going, well, I don't think with COVID, I'm not going anywhere anyway, but it was good to see. I mean, again, I would have preferred some more social distancing. I know everyone's really happy and excited, and I am too, but you gotta, you gotta be safe. Well, especially in Wisconsin right now where we're, and we'll talk about this later, but how we're spiking so horrendously right now. So I, I intentionally did not go out anywhere because I didn't want to risk anything. Yeah, I celebrated in spirit. I'm right there with you. So let's talk about these... The darker side of this whole thing? These claims of fraudulent votes. Yeah, so this is nonsense. But unfortunately, we live in a country where it doesn't matter what truth is, and our president and politicians can just literally say whatever they want, and people will believe it because they will not fact check anything. So unfortunately, and as probably as many of you have probably already known, there have been several different conspiracy theories that have been going around claiming of voter fraud, people stockpiling ballots, mysterious ballots coming out of nowhere, nefarious poll observers and ballot counters, I guess, all over the place. So we're going to try to debunk a couple of these for you. These probably are being spread to you by your crazy relatives, and hopefully these will arm you with some of the basic facts to fix this all or to at least respond to their bs so first up are dead people voting in michigan yes oh wait <laughs> <laughs> so while there it is possible that some people mailed in their absentee ballot and then passed away in the time between then and when it was recorded can happen let's go ahead and throw those out that's fine it's nobody's fault well and then let, let's start with that actually because in Michigan, they even have a law saying that if you have passed away after you cast your ballot, they will still throw it away anyway. Yeah. So let's start with that. Even in the most like plausible sense of this conspiracy, it doesn't work. Yeah, and that's not going to be... As much as we are killing people by the thousands due to COVID, we're still not going to have enough to swing an election based on people that died after they were right. So that's kind of ridiculous anyway to even worry about that. There are some other reasons, though. If you have the same name as anyone, if you have a common name, if, you ha if you're if you a junior or you named a kid junior, whatever, it's possible that the vote gets misattributed to the person that has the same name, and it might show their birth date. So it looks like somebody who's 110 voted, even though it's just an error in their website because they attributed the vote to the wrong name again that can happen quite easily usually gets sorted out there is also this situation and we have this here in wisconsin when i was registering or not registering but looking up my mom online to get her an absentee ballot one of the instructions was if you can't find your name in the list try a default birth date because if you've been registered in the system for a long time they didn't record birth dates originally like years ago so in the system you don't have a birth date so you try the default which was i think january 1st 1900 so that's what it says your birth date is in the system even though it's not accurate that's what's in there 
So when you look up somebody in the system, it says they were born in 1900 and they voted. Well, that birth date's not accurate. That's the default. We don't have a birth date for this person. So that also leads to some confusion. If you ask a question, someone will give you the right answer, but nobody's, you know, trying that hard. Right. They're just anomaly hunting for things that they can claim are fraud. Also in Michigan, we had a claim that was tweeted out by Ted Cruz, uh, retweeted by the president, of course, that said there was a software glitch that caused an error of 6,000 votes to go to Biden that should have gone to Trump, and that oh, lots of different counties, lots of different states use this software. It could be this same error could be going on all over the place. This could be the difference. This was not a software glitch. This was a human error. Someone entered in the information incorrectly. It was caught right away and corrected. That's it. Obviously, we're talking people are entering in data constantly throughout this entire process. Someone made a mistake. It was double-checked, found to be incorrect, and fixed. That's your big story. Wouldn't have happened anywhere else because it was a simple human error, not a software glitch that was being reported by people that should know better. And really, as elected officials, have the responsibility of knowing better and not lying to the American people. Jumping over to Arizona, several people have been claiming that Sharpie pens or votes with Sharpie pens were not counted, actually. And that's just completely not true. <laughs> and they were being told that, like, specifically this was a this was a tactic right. by the Democrats that like, they we'll gave. Give, we'll give them a Sharpie pen so they can't get read or their yeah. ballots can't read, which is so dumb on so many different levels. Yeah, we'll put Sharpie pens in the voting booths in the Republican counties. That'll get them. Oh, my God. But unfortunately, voting machines uh, have no problem reading Sharpie ink, of course. Right. Like, what would the difference be? Again, it's like these are the most easily debunked conspiracies ever, yet they just get thrown out like crazy by elected officials, like you said, including mm-hmm. our president. Yeah. In Muskego, in m- where I live, they do the Sharpie pens for in-person voting as well because much like the tables we have in front of us, where you vote, it's textured, the surface. So your ballot's pretty thin. If you were to use like a ballpoint pen, there's an easy chance for you to rip it. So they use the Sharpie, which is the felt. It's not going to go through, see? It's so stupid, but it leads to these claims. And so many people retweet it and talk about it. I had a family member online bring that up that lives in Arizona. It's like, Uh, come on, do a little bit of research before you claim election fraud. Well, and I I know we talked about this last time, but again, just to bring it up, where we had accusations of voter fraud in Wisconsin because there were supposedly more registered ballots than there were actual registered voters, which is this complete nonsense. And if you just look up the actual Wisconsin Elections Commission website, it gives you the proper numbers already. Like, these are things that will take 30 seconds, 30 seconds to debunk. Just Google it. Just Google it. And then finally, um, there was a big story coming out of, I want to say, was it Philly? It was both Pennsylvania and Michigan that this okay. was claimed. Okay. Where at um, several voting locations, people were taping off windows to prevent ballot count observers. This actually did happen. But people are too stupid to understand why it was happening. So long story short, 
It is illegal to film anyone's ballot and people standing outside these windows were taking pictures and videos with their phones of these ballots and ballot counters. It is against the law. This is actually exactly why it's against the law to show people your ballot. So it's not voter intimidation. That's why people were um, taping up these windows and covering them up with blankets and towels and stuff because it was actually illegal for them to see what was going on because you can't just have random Joes just stand outside and tape people counting ballots. <laughs> yeah, you're going to see their names. You're going to see who they voted for. That is not allowed to be recorded. Right. So crazy people are going to assume that there was something nefarious, like, well, they must be hiding something back there if they're going to cover it all up. But no, like this is literally just them trying to do their jobs and crazy people who don't know the law and who don't know how to act like a decent human being are stopping them from doing so. And there were legal observers from both parties yes inside these locations literally not on the other side of the windows but actually standing in there they knew they couldn't have their phones out they didn't so that's why it's no big surprise is it being completely misrepresented by trump and the republicans of course because they're just going to keep lying to fit their narrative they know the reason why they're not ignorant of how elections work They've worked in elections. A lot of these people are lifetime politicians. But again, we said this last week where we already know that they're not petitioning outside of Florida's places. We know they're not petitioning outside of Texas. Why not? Well, it's because they already won. So they don't actually care about facts. They don't care about fairness. They just are really upset that they lost. And what is it with all of these claims coming from Philadelphia, Detroit, Milwaukee, Atlanta. Seems a little racist, Joe. <laughs> are they trying to say that black people are cheating in the election? I'm not going to lie. I have actually have seen people say, like, well, black turnout wasn't as high last time. I was just going to say black people turned out that's super high. I don't believe you. So, yes, there is a deal with racism in this. With all this said, Biden won the election. Still call out your crazy friends and family for posting BS and conspiracies. But you can rest assured that Biden did win. These are no more than that. Here's this one weird trick that Trump could still win the election with. That's all it is. And if we were stealing the election, why would we still lose all the seats in the House and not regain the Senate? Which I just don't understand. Like they they claim that we are these like super evil, where we're the District One of the entire world, I guess, or something like that. Where these evil Democrats are just running everything behind these closed doors. Yet we're so incompetent at what we do. <laughs> Like, okay, Mark Amal, Biden, and Tom Tillis. What? Oh, and by the way, let's have um, Lindsey Graham destroy his opponent, by the way. Oh, and, let, and let's lose seats in the House. They'll never see this coming. <laughs> I don't get it. And I, I'm even seeing people saying that we intentionally faked the polls, which blows my freaking mind. So all of the pollsters are in on it. But why? Why would they be in on Like, what's the incentive? It makes them look bad. They want to look, but wait, that doesn't work. It shows that there's a super big lead with Democrats. Oh, wait, not really, though. It shows that everyone's wrong and there's more Republicans than we thought. Suppression polls. It's so dumb. Because it really stunted the turnout for Republicans. Oh, totally. I just, I don't understand it. No, I do. I do understand it. It's all because they're upset that Trump is losing and they hate Democrats more than anything else. And they would just rather have this whole big conspiracy happen than just admit that their candidate sucked. 
You know, because at least with Democrats. I admit our candidates sucked. Right. But I was going to say, at least with Democrats in, like, at least 2016, where we can- I admit our candidates sucked then, too. Right, right, exactly. Where we can say, yes, there was actual Russian collusion, or interference, not necessarily collusion. Well, they certainly were colluding with the Trump administration. Well, there there was. (sighs) They just didn't really get all that much out of it. Right, exactly. So there was actual election interference- but that doesn't take away from the fact that our candidates still sucked. And still lost. Right. And conceded. So be the mature ones and do the same. But they won't. And you know they won't. Do we have more good news? I want good news, Jason. Uh, the U.S. passed 10 million COVID infections. I, no, I want better news. <laughs> it's 10 million. Did we win yet? Are We're we, in the lead by like a lot. Are we great again? <laughs> we are great at getting infected. Oh, my God. So when I originally wrote this, you know, this morning, <laughs> it was we were nearing 10 million infections. And then in the afternoon, I had to change it and say that we've passed 10 million infections. 240,000 deaths. With our top 10 states in infections in the last seven days per 100,000 people are all upper Midwestern where the weather is getting colder. That Things are not looking good for the winter. I was saying that includes our state of Wisconsin. Yeah, we are on a lightning pace. We're setting new records every few days. We set a record on the 6th with 6,141 infections that we blew past the very next day with 7,065 that's two records in two days that are almost a thousand apart. We beat the record by a thousand the very next day. I just saw a report today as well that said that in Wisconsin, a third of all COVID tests are showing up positive now. Yeah, 30%. That's, yeah. That is wonderful. And I'm still seeing people call it a hoax. I thought we're past the election now, right? COVID should be over now, right? That's what everyone told me, that we would all forget about COVID right after the election. This was all just drummed up by the media in order to hurt Trump. Well, he lost. The votes are already cast. And COVID's still here. What the heck? But Jason, remember, this is a part of the plan. We're going to gradually stop talking about COVID. That's not what everybody told me. Over a... No, you have to understand, Jason, you need to understand like eight-dimensional chess right now, right? We're going to, over time, just little by little, stop talking about COVID. We're going to get a vaccine supposedly made. And then as numbers will just slowly go down, we're just going to eventually stop talking about COVID maybe within about the next two years. That's the plan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in your conspiracy now, we have today Pfizer releasing a press release indicating that uh, early results are that its vaccine is more than 90% effective. This is actually fantastic news. I'm very happy to hear about this. It is still in phase three trials, so something could still go wrong. We have to kind of rein it in a little bit and not you know, go out and start coughing on everybody. But yeah, it is good news. The study has 44,000 enrollees randomized to vaccine or placebo. So far, 94 participants have become infected. Fewer than nine of the infected subjects have received the vaccine. So we would see if the vaccine wasn't effective at all, we would see the same number 
of infections between the placebo and the treatment. Instead, we have 90% more infections with the placebo than with the treatment. Correct. And this is a completely new type of vaccine as well. Usually vaccines introduce a virus of some sort or some part of the virus and stimulate the host to mount an immune response. That's usually what we know of when we think of vaccines. However, this is an mRNA vaccine. This vaccine tricks the body's cells to produce viral proteins, which then activate the immune system. Kind of using your body's own cells to replicate what kind of what this virus looks like? Is that what it sounds? Pretty much. Science, everybody. One thing we do need to realize here is, yes, this is great news. However, even if they do come out with a vaccine um, with Pfizer, I know several other companies are coming out. Like Johnson & Johnson, I think, is coming to another one. I know another company I just can't think of. Off the, it starts with an M. Is um, I think, also in phase three trials. That doesn't also talk about the logistics of this all. I will say, I'll give the one positive thing you will ever hear me say about Trump. That is the one thing that his administration is focused on with this Operation Warp Speed, they have... This was extremely fast for yeah. vaccine. Well, they don't have anything to do with the vaccine getting out there, but what they're setting up is the distribution. Correct. Like and using the military for rapid right. distribution and stuff, yeah. Yeah, and they have they actually have some of this vaccine, the, the Pfizer one. They have a lot of the candidates, I guess that they're replicating and they're getting you know doses of this drug put in uh brought to them all the time they know this one is a two-shot treatment yep uh where there's you have to have two different shots three weeks apart they have they're all set up for that i saw a, a piece from 60 minutes that goes into detail about this and they know that it does have to be kept at very cold temperatures they were talking about that's going to be a challenge in places like the Virgin Islands, where they don't have that kind of equipment available and they can't keep dry ice there, so they're going to have to have it shipped from Puerto Rico uh, along with the kits for the vaccination. So that's that's literally the one thing that the Trump administration focused on is distributing a vaccine as quickly as possible. They didn't do anything about prevention. They still bungled you know, all of everything up into a vaccine, they put all their hopes on vaccine. Yep. So they still, overall, they'll get a, you know, an F. They fail. <laughs> but the one thing that they bet on was delivering a vaccine as fast as possible. And hopefully we will be better off under President Biden when this vaccine is available and can get distributed at warp speed. And then as of right now, the FDA is still requiring two months of follow-up data from participants, which Pfizer says they will have that data by the end of November, which is pretty good. I think they said at the end of the third week of November, so Thanksgiving-ish. After that, you'll probably expect Pfizer to submit their drug to the FDA and request emergency use authorization like other um, drugs have already been granted. And then from there on out, it's all about manufacturing and distribution. And it'll definitely go to the most vulnerable first. Correct. Pregnant, elderly, frontline workers. <laughs> Joe. Because I'm a pregnantly <laughs> I'm a pregnant elder who's on the front line all the time. Yeah. Special cases where people wouldn't, you know, have immune systems that are compromised, things like that. Correct. And then to the rest of us, hopefully by the summer. Something like that. So that's good. 
And actually, Trump did praise the good news, which makes me pretty happy. He retweeted the statement and said, you know, good things to look forward to. And Don Jr. tweeted talking about how the timing of the release was very convenient and coincidental, accusing that the Pfizer company was doing something nefarious because they released it after the election because he's an idiot. God, I can't wait for these people to be gone. You know what they're like? That's okay. We'll not take that bump in our stock price right now. Let's wait until after the <laughs> the American election is over. Right. Meanwhile, President-elect Joe Biden has announced his coronavirus advisory board because he's going to be the president in a few months. Which is such a relief. This seems such like a basic thing that you should do as president, and I'm just relieved that it happened. Mike Pence is not on this list. Same with Jared Kushner. I thought they were the coronavirus experts. Ivanka is on here either. It's kind of crazy, right? We do have former Surgeon General Dr. Vivek Murthy, former U.S. Food and Drug Administration Commissioner Dr. David Kessler, and Yale University's Dr. Marcella Nunez Smith. Another member of note here, Rick Bright, who was the whistleblower from the Trump administration who said that they weren't doing enough and that we were going to be in trouble, we didn't have enough supplies, things like that. So his name being on this list seems kind of like a jab at the old Cheeto. (laughs) And I'm sure you can't have him on here now because he's still part of the Trump administration, but I I wouldn't be surprised if we see a Fauci added to this list at some point. And then finally in headlines... America's future comes down to Georgia. Oh, dear. How's your singing? Can you do the Georgia? No, I I am not going to sing. In a crazy turn of events, Georgia's two Senate races, one was a special election for Kelly Loeffler's seat, and then the other one was um, David Perdue's seat. Both are going to runoffs in January for the fate or potential fate of the Senate. Almost certainly. Almost certainly. Yeah, you've got Tom Tillis looks like he's still too far ahead in North Carolina to Cal Cunningham. It's possible. It's close, but with the margin that Cunningham needs and what he's looking like, the votes that are coming in, I don't think he's going to quite catch him. Well, and it's the same with Al Gross in Alaska as well, where... Dan Sullivan is in the lead, and El Gross's campaign is saying, well, with the mail-in ballots coming in, we're going to win this thing. It's not likely. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of – count. I think they're only at, like, what, 60%? Yeah, something like that. So far in Alaska, but there's not that many ballots. So presuming that both Tom Tillis and Dan Sullivan win, that will put our Senate at a 48-50 Republican majority, which leaves two – races left which democrats would have to win both and have the tie-breaking vote from kamala harris which means that for everything they want to get passed comes down to these two elections (laughs) and you'll need every democrat to vote for whatever legislation because you know republicans like they're going to stick to their party of obstruction and blanket vote against everything what are your thoughts about our chances on these not good (laughs) (laughs) I think Warnock has a better chance. Uh, The initial race between Loeffler and Doug Collins, I believe it was, was very ugly. And I think a lot of Collins voters are not going to vote for Loeffler 
So either they're not going to show up or they might even vote against her. Uh, so Warnick has a better shot, but the Purdue Ossoff, if that debate didn't sway enough votes for Ossoff, then who knows what will. Yeah, and he, I mean, he lost. And what's interesting about these races is due to Georgia state law, if a candidate doesn't have 50 or over 50% of the vote, then the main two candidates or the leading two candidates will then go into a runoff election. David Perdue was above 50% for a very long time. <laughs> and then I kid you not, went down to like 49.9%. 49.997. Yep. Just, I think it was like 10,000 votes shy of breaking 50%. That's what he needed. So now we have this record setting two Senate race in Georgia, which never happens. The only reason why we have two Senate races in Georgia at the same time is because Kelly Loeffler's seat is actually for a special election. I don't know what's going to happen. I do think that they do have a decent shot. Grant, it's Georgia, right? I do think they have a decent shot because Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue are just straight up criminals, literal criminals, where you had Kelly Loeffler who traded her portfolio away right before um, COVID really started to hit with confidential information. Yeah, Purdue started investing in medical companies right after he got the confidential briefing while telling his constituents that everything's fine, there's no problem, we're going to take care of COVID, it's going to be nothing, but then buying medical stock because he knew it was going to be bad. And also for the reference, David Purdue is the one that manufactured or photoshopped John Ossoff to make him look more Jewish and actually photoshopped his nose to make it bigger, and it was disgusting. <laughs> like, the fact that any candidate would even think about doing that. And Ossoff did call him out in that for that debate. We had, yeah, and we had something similar with uh, Lindsey Graham and Jamie Harrison, too. We did. So, we'll have to see. I'm already liking Raphael Warnock's ads for this. I don't know if you saw it, Jason, but basically he no. has, like, the, he has an ad already called, like, the negative ads are coming, so get ready. And he has just a bunch of clips of him going, like, Raphael Warnock eats pizza with a fork and knife. Raphael Warnock hates puppies. And then we just cuts him saying, get ready, Georgia. The negative ads are coming. I'm like, good job. I, I'm really happy about that. So we'll have to see what happens. Almost everyone's attention is now being turned to Georgia. If you can actually donate to John Ossoff and um, Raphael Warnock's campaigns, I highly recommend doing so. We just heard today that Andrew Yang, former presidential candidate, just announced that he will be moving to Georgia to help with both runoffs, which is kind of crazy. There's also Stacey Abrams, and she has the Fair Fight organization. Yep. You can donate to them as well. This is some good stuff. It's also kind of fun because, I don't know if you saw it, Jason, but Purdue and Lawford did just release a joint, a joint statement saying that they want the Georgia Secretary of State to resign. Yeah, because he did ran a, a fraudulent election. It's so insane. And if any of our listeners are millionaires and they want to move to Georgia for this election, December 7th is the deadline for registration. Early voting begins on December 14th, and the elections themselves are going to be on January 5th. And also give us money. Specifically us. Give us money. Yeah, give us money. I'm not sure how you would give us money. We don't have that set up, but if you're rich, you can figure it out. Non-sequential bills would be preferred. Left wing, we're going left wing all the way. So what are your key takeaways from the election, Joe? 
Well, they're a little bit more grim than I expected this to be, but I think they're something we should not forget. I think first and foremost, we need to understand that America is not as progressive as we as we like to think it is. I don't know about you, Jason, but I truly do believe that someone like Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren would not have won this election. I don't think Bernie Sanders would have ever flipped Georgia in a million years. Yeah, it's hard to say just because I don't understand what people were voting for in Trump. And I don't know if picking a populist candidate like Bernie would have pulled enough of that away. It's it's impossible to say. But regardless of what the candidate is, we do need to see that we are not nearly as progressive and liberal as a country as probably both of us would hope for. And on top of that, we also need to realize that America is just as divided as it was when we were, Trump was president. This was not some repudiation of Trump or Trumpism. Those people are still here. And we know that because not only did Trump's people turn out as well as they did in the last election, he actually got more voters than he did in the last election. He so, would have ha- he had a record turnout. He would have. Yeah. So the fact that Joe Biden had to have a record number of turnout and still, I don't want to say barely won at this point because it's now by a decent margin state-wise. It's still very close. But each state was very close. So the fact that he barely turned some of these states blue after a record-setting turnout shows just how divided we actually are in this election, or in this country right now. We also need to really understand that Trumpism is definitely here to stay. The idea that the Republican Party is going to throw Trump and his right-wing rhetoric away is nonsense. They've had more success with Trump than they have with any other candidate. Well, look at the people who are very Trump-esque or who have been kissing Trump's ass this entire time. Lindsey Graham did absolutely fantastic. Tommy Tuberville did absolutely fantastic. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Marjorie Taylor Greene, the QAnon supporter. Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell. So the Trumpian candidates... His own skin is trying to get away from him. (laughs) So the Trumpian candidates have done very well in this last election. Yeah, I expect we'll see more to come. And then as you saw with all the conspiracies surrounding voter fraud, it's clear people will still believe just about anything with a push. We have a big problem with misinformation in this country that Dems need to figure out how to combat. We have no idea on how to actually combat misinformation and disinformation on a systemic level. And that's not even just a Democrat issue. That's an overall people issue. Sure. But when you're talking about sides and politics, you literally have one side making up anything and the other side trying to be honest and truthful here. And now they have no disincentive to stop. They right. Keep doing it because it's working. Right. Why would they stop? Just create your own false reality. Just keep telling people that what they see in here is not what they see in here. So even though we have to realize that there's a lot of work still ahead of us and that we can't take our foot off the gas, celebrate the win. That's kind of my whole thing I've been pushing lately is celebrate the victory, even if it's not exactly what we wanted. Even if we know that half our country is crazy enough to vote for a sociopathic fascist, take the win that we at least won the majority. And actually the literal majority of the vote too. So take the week, take a breather, and let's get back to work. So let's talk about kind of some key dates coming up. Let's do it. December 8th is the deadline for resolving electoral disputes at the state level, which means that all recounts and court cases are to be completed by then. So 
all of this nonsense we're hearing from the Trump campaign about Alpha Davids and suing everybody, that needs to all be resolved by December 8th. December 14th is when all of the state electors will vote and sign the certificates of the vote. That all gets sent into Washington, which needs to be delivered by December 23rd. That's the deadline for those certificates to come in. January 6th, the House and Senate will hold a joint session to count all of the electoral votes. That uh, The winner is then announced by the vice president. And then the big day, January 20th, is Inauguration Day, when we will officially have President Biden. And man, that day cannot come soon enough. Now, I remember there being this image of... Obama leaving the White House, getting on to Marine One. It was somber. Everybody was looking at a super presidential person, somebody that may not have been the best president. Certainly enough problems we can find with his presidency, but still someone that we all admired and a great politician, somebody who was able to capture the interest of the country what do you think it's going to be like when Trump leaves? Well, did you see that Trump still hasn't invited Biden to the White House? I mean, granted, because he hasn't actually conceded either yet, but I have no idea what he's going to actually do. I'm assuming he's not going to talk to Biden at all. Right. I, I cannot imagine them having a meeting. And to be honest, I don't think Biden really cares either because he's already been there. So he doesn't really need to know like what's going on. And plus, he has a better resource than Obama anyway. I really hope he gets drug out kicking and screaming. <laughs> like when uh, Julian Assange got pulled from that embassy. <laughs> That's what I want. But with Trump and the Secret Service yanking him out. Oh, it'd be great. So come that day, and we're into the Biden-Harris administration. After hopefully... Do you, okay, actually, let me ask you this. Do you think... A ton of people are going to come out for Inauguration Day, just to spite Trump, even though we have COVID. Yeah, I think it's going to be a big party. Because I can totally see like a ton of people just coming out just to say that Biden had a bigger Inauguration Day than Trump. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's going to be the case. I mean, more people voted for Biden than voted ever before. Right. There's a reason for that. And it wasn't really because they loved Joe Biden. Well, it's, that's kind of the funny thing about this, too, where you had people all around the country like running out to the streets to celebrate Joe Biden. And let's be really here. And I think this actually does get lost. And unfortunately, this is I feel kind of guilty for just including this now. And I apologize to Kamala for this is that this is actually a very historic election where we literally do have the first woman as VP right now. We have the first woman of color as VP right now. That's insane to think about. Yeah, that's kind of getting pushed aside because of how crazy Trump is and people just want Trump out so bad. Yeah, literally don't care who was on the ticket. Right. Anyone. So I almost kind of feel bad that I I basically just did the same thing. Mm -hmm. That it's almost an afterthought, you know? She certainly has a good shot at being the first female president. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. And then we can officially celebrate that the way where you should versus right now where it's we just want to get out of this abusive relationship. Right. So what should we expect from a Biden-Harris administration? Well, as we stated, it is going to come down to those two races in Georgia. 
and if we will have any hope of passing legislation or if it's going to have to be all executive orders. Correct. I mean, and even with the makeup of the Senate, Joe Biden has already announced that he's planning to do a flurry of executive orders right when he gets into office just to basically get rid of a lot of the crap that Trump to. So first and foremost, Biden plans to rejoin the Paris Climate Accord. He plans to reverse Trump's withdrawal from the World Health Organization. He plans to repeal the Trump travel ban from majority Muslim countries. Plans to reinstate DACA, which we'll talk a little bit later, I think, Jason. And then also remove Trump's transgender military ban, which, I mean, I couldn't be happier. (laughs) Yeah, there's certainly no reason for it. But what else besides those executive orders do you think he's going to do? So this is what I want to see. He needs to have a stimulus bill passed. I think that has to be the first thing that anyone does. If it doesn't get done before, it's possible that Trump will pass one. It's certainly possible. Do you think he will, though? It's, I, I wouldn't completely rule it out. Just because it's really what everybody wants and needs. I don't think he personally cares. It, but it's Trump and he doesn't care. But I think the Senate cares, and I think they might... I mean, all they have to do is get it through and then see if he signs it. Good point. So it might still happen. But if it doesn't, and even if it does, I'm sure you know that's that money's not going to last forever. So I would like to see a stimulus bill that focuses on individuals and small businesses. Forget the large businesses. They've made plenty of money. They're okay. They're going to lay people off even if you give them money. We've seen that. Because all they care about is profit margin. With actual regulations this time, not just some stupid slush fund that Mnuchin can just literally do whatever they want Yeah, not just giving with. money to the banks. Correct. Letting them distribute it. Actually pay people, pay the small businesses, get people to a place where they're able to pay their rent and their mortgage and they're not out on the street. Then I'd like to see, as we talked about with the COVID task force, to get some federal leadership, get some good guidelines out there, talk prevention. He, The federal government can't institute a nationwide mask mandate, but we can have a de facto mandate by getting all of the state governors to agree. And I, Biden talked about if he can't get the governor of a state to go along with it, Then he'll start talking to the local counties and basically get as many places in the country to have mandatory masks as possible. And I think a lot of that isn't just laws, but we need to have the science communication and the information out there and get people to accept for themselves that it is the smart and responsible thing to do. We need to do what this country did during World War II Make it your patriotic duty to wear a mask, to practice social distancing, to not gather, you know, in bars and and those sorts of things. Well, and this seems like such a small thing, but just the fact that we're going to have people on the same like page when it comes to messaging is going to be huge. The fact that we don't have a or we won't have a president and Fauci arguing with each other constantly, right, will be huge for us. So I think that's going to do wonders. Yeah. A president that won't look at the numbers and try to figure out a way to lie about them and instead will try to figure out a way to make them go down. Correct. One big thing 
that needs to happen. The reason Joe Biden is going to be president is because Native Americans and Latin Americans voted for him in Arizona. Well, yeah, like the, what was it, the Navajo tribe that went 94%? And they made up more than the difference right now, currently, in Arizona. Yep. The African-American community voted for him in Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Detroit, and Atlanta. They are the reason he is going to be president. He needs to pay that support back. Oh, yes, he does. So let's talk about some of those things. Easily, police and justice reform, the eight that can't wait. That's a super easy one. Decriminalizing marijuana is another big one that should have been done a long time ago, but we're still trying to figure out this crap. And expunging those yep. arrests from your records so that, these, you know, as we've seen, it disproportionately affects black Americans. Blacks. That they're the ones getting arrested for marijuana. They get longer sentences. They get the felonies. It goes on their record. They have a hard time getting a job after that. Yep. Take care of all of that. There's no reason for it. That's one small thing that can be done. We need to restore the Voting Right Act. Uh, that was destroyed previously by Republicans. Need to bring in protections so that we don't have one polling place in an entire five million people city. Yep. Have, like, like you were saying, restore voting rights back to felons. There's no reason. They're still Americans. Correct. Who, and, who paid their due to society? Yeah. And they shouldn't have to, you know, there shouldn't be a poll tax. You shouldn't have to pay back the thousands of dollars in court costs and everything else that you owe when you get out before you're able to vote. That That is ridiculous. Again, otherwise it's not a right. Yeah. So the Voting Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act needs to be restored. We need to unbreak all of these things that, that Trump and the Republicans have done in the last four years in order to disenfranchise black and minority voters. And then I also believe we need some kind of big immigration reform. Since like immigration was such a hot button issue with Trump's administration, we need to basically do the exact opposite of that. So doing things like reinstate DACA, creating a pathway to citizenship for undocumented or undocumented immigrants, um, ending the child separation that Trump's administration and yes, it's Trump's administration that's doing this. And then also just streamline asylum and citizenship processes. So doing things like getting rid of the backlog of asylum courts that's happening because they're super backed up right now, adding proper judges and justices to those areas to make sure that they can actually do the work logs or do the work that's needed for these things. And I would, now I put these, these are kind of what I expect Biden would possibly get done. I would personally just give amnesty to all of the, the current undocumented workers that are in the united states and make them all citizens immediately that won't happen that's what i would prefer to see i would like to see us live up to that poem that's on that statue in the new york harbor i agree that's the way it was for my grandparents that's the way it was for i'm sure your ancestors that came to this country they didn't have anything they didn't know how to speak english unless they were from England, and they were given a place here. That's all everyone wants, to have a place to be, a safe place to raise their family and make their living. That's it. They're not 
out to destroy our way of life. They're just people looking for a better life for their families. And it worked for us. It should work for everyone else, too. And obviously, like Biden said before, he is going to try to expand Obamacare, which I think is next to the minority. Well, yeah, I mean, I think this actually is in proper um, ranked order here. So after COVID and after um, giving reform to minority communities, expanding Obamacare is by far the next thing that has to be done. Again, it's not Medicare for all. I wish. Wish it was. I, I don't think that's <laughs> that's going to be on the table for Biden. Well, especially if he doesn't have the majority in the Senate. Good good luck with that. Like he, If he doesn't have the majority, he's going to be barely able to do any of this stuff. So the fact that after we know how much the Republicans pushed back on Obamacare as it was, imagine them trying to expand it further. Yeah, it's going to be a tough row to hoe, as they say. One thing that we talked about a little bit previously, we need to rejoin the global community. Have America take its leadership position as responsible global citizens yep and that means rejoining the paris climate agreement rejoining the iran nuclear treaty rejoining the world health organization and recommitting to nato and now i've got just some things again that i think biden needs to do that he campaigned on and that uh i would like to see him his first term 15 dollar minimum wage free two-year college tuition ending fossil fuel subsidies and expanding renewable energy subsidies and raising the corporate tax to 28%, even though I wish it'd go back up to 35%, yep. and repealing some of the Trump tax cuts. Basically anything that wasn't in there for the middle class. And he could even extend that, th- which is set to expire, he could extend that tax cut indefinitely, and raising the corporate tax would easily pay for that. When do you think Biden's going to actually implement his tax plan? How far into his first term? Um, I don't, if we don't have the Senate, well, I think, now the tax plan has to, because that's a budget thing, that I think that has to go through Congress. It does, but I mean, the idea of like actually pushing for what he wants in the next tax budget. So if it's not at least 50-50 in Senate, I don't think it's going to happen. I think he'll wait until midterm and see what happens, where hopefully we can get a majority. He might even use that as like leverage, but without a majority in the Senate, I don't see that passing. See, my concern, though, is if he waits too long, he's not going to be able to do much during his first um, half of his first term anyway then, because he's going to need that budget for some of the stuff that he wants to do. Yeah, he needs that money, but I just don't... Uh, well, it comes down to Georgia then. Come on, Georgia. You're right. <laughs> Send money to Ossoff and Warnock. Do it. So then looking a little bit farther out, what do you think the Democratic Party should do? So this is a little bit more of a wish list of where do we want to see the Democratic Party go. I, I love your first point. Yeah, first thing they need to do, and it can't come soon enough, is reject John Kasich and the Lincoln Project. I've already seen Kasich on cable news saying that, okay, well, now what the Democrats need to do is reject the progressives. <laughs> Screw that guy. What right. did he do? Wh- who did Ohio vote for again? Right. Nothing. Lincoln Project. What was like $67, $68 million? 
And what did they get? More per- higher percentage of Republicans voted for Trump this time around? Right. Useless. Get rid of both of them. That was a mistake to begin with. Make it very clear. Look, they supported us because they didn't like the Republican candidate. That's fine. We'll welcome anyone that wants to support our candidate. But you have no influence here. Yep. We are not your party. If you want to join in on what we're doing, that's great. Otherwise, go away. We don't need you. There's no room for you with your current views. See you later. Distance yourself from those institutions. It was it was a terrible idea to begin with. Kasich should not have been speaking at the Democratic Convention. And it's too bad that we didn't hold it in Milwaukee here so we could have booed him. <laughs> but that's that's the first thing. Just put as much distance between the Democratic Party and the never-Trump Republicans. Because they are not going to support you moving forward. And they didn't do anything in this election anyway. That was just a waste of time. And I think they need to start, who they need to actually put focus in courting is the next generation of voters. I totally agree with this. We've seen some criticism already from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez that the Democrats who lost their campaigns did not do enough digital campaigning. They don't know what it is. They're too out of touch. You saw what she did with the... uh, twitch stream where she was playing among us yep and how many viewers that got and that makes an impact maybe those kids can't vote this election but they'll vote in the next one you need to capture that we you need to do digital trump killed them on digital campaigning i couldn't watch a youtube video without seeing radical joe biden which I thought they would have learned their lesson from last time. Because that's what happened exactly in 2016. Yeah, they got killed. They need to focus on the things that are popular with that demographic that they should be supporting anyway. Yep. Like drug decriminalization. Inclusion on different candidates. Yeah, we need more diverse candidates. If most of your support is coming from minority communities, most of your candidates should be minorities. And I think that starts at the top. You know, it would 100% does. And that's exactly why Joe Biden actually won, is because he won the black vote over, and I'm talking about in the primary, right? Where he won the black vote when other candidates couldn't do well with them. Even Kamala Harris didn't do as well with the black vote than Joe Biden did. And actually, one thing that Democrats need to focus on are Latino voters, where Latino voters are kind of being stepped to the side a little bit because. Democrats were spending so much time on the black vote this or this election cycle. However, we're now seeing that Latino voters are starting to become a little bit more split in swing states. We got lucky here in Wisconsin where I think the Latino vote was going, I think it was like 35-65 for Biden. So that was really good. But in places like Arizona, it started taking up a little bit more towards Trump, which is fascinating to me. Um, and then, of course, you have places like in um, Florida, which is kind of a weird... A lot of Cuban voters. Right. It's a weird little hodgepodge of Cuban voters who are They tend to be more socialism. Yeah. yeah. They the bad memories so, of Kennedy and the Bay of Pigs and all that. Right. So Democrats need to have a concerted effort 
to focus on Latino voters because not only do they have low turnouts to begin with, when they do turn out, it's not always in our favor. And I think speaking to that, they need to actually become the party of the people. Stop talking about it and assuming that you're the party of the people and actually start pushing the agenda that would make you the party of the people. And I mean the working class, the lower class. That's who you should be striving to capture. You look at Trump voters, those people are lower class, a lot of them, and they think Trump is looking out for them. Yep. Despite his tax cuts (laughs) going primarily to the super wealthy... And everything he does is targeted towards the super rich. But I saved $80 on my taxes this year. They think Trump's their guy. The Dem- and the Democratic Party has to actually get them back, right? You can't just talk. You're going to have to do it. And that means start campaigning for workers' rights. Make that a big issue. Show that the Republican Party is the party of the corporations and the rich and they want to keep all of their money and not leave any for you become progressive i guess (laughs) (laughs) so big surprise the progressive podcast wants the democratic to be more progressive progressive. (laughs) but they need the biggest issue is getting money out of politics correct it that fixes a lot of problems now that's near impossible i gather that but even just doing things like getting free college, Medicare for all, doing student loan debt, actually investing in your own citizens, that's what helps you also become the party of the people. Not just saving them so they can just sit there and flounder, but actually investing in your um, citizens, investing in their communities so they can thrive on their own. I would love to have stuff like that. And I'm sure many other people would love to have stuff like that. What we have to really remember, though, is... This all comes back to the Democrats need, or the Democratic Party needs to have a plan to fight misinformation because the reason why they hold off on these things that the majority of people love is because every time they try to do any of this stuff, they get called radical, they get called socialist, they get called every name in the book by Republicans. And investing in education would help solve that. Right. So, But they won't be able to invest in education if they can't solve the misinformation problem. So it's kind of like a never-ending circle. So they have to have some kind of plan on a mass scale to deal with this misinformation. And heck, I mean, we can kind of even put this down as something that I'd like to see in the Biden administration too, maybe not as a priority, but dealing with tech companies with misinformation and dealing with how tech companies are actually managed. You know, we kind of talked about a little bit that, or a little bit about that, I think a couple episodes ago. They definitely need to break up a lot of the tech monopolies. But we can't do any of this if we have false information just being spread around like crazy and we can't combat it. When we have people in Florida who think Joe Biden is a literal communist, you know there's an issue here. What do we expect from Donald Trump moving forward? I mean, he's going to be Donald Trump and not do anything other than whine. I think he'll just keep pushing all these lawsuits, constantly claim that the vote was fraudulent, 
that the election was stolen from him. I truly don't know if he's actually going to concede the election. Like I don't. I wouldn't. If I was him, I wouldn't. You made it this far. That admits you lost. He'll never. I don't think he'll ever do it. I don't expect him to have that uh, transfer of power meeting that you were talking about earlier. That usually happens between the outgoing and incoming president. He won't work with the transition team at all. He'll constantly just say, why would I? I'm still the president. I won the election. I expect him to keep pushing out fundraising efforts. He's been sending out emails for his election defense fund, which, if you look at the fine print, states that only 50% of the funds will go to (laughs) court costs and uh, recounts. And the other 50% will go to paying down his general election debt. Did you see the press conference today with Kaylee McEnany? Yes. Uh, Mega Nanny. Mega Nanny? That's that's a good (laughs) one. The Mega Nanny. I think that was David Pakman. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, Kaylee McEnany had a press conference today where she continued to spread basically all the same misinformation that Trump usually does, and she got called out for it. Rightfully so. As you can clearly tell, like this is not going away, at least for a while on the Trump administration. We're gonna he- we're gonna keep hearing about this, probably at least for the next few weeks. I expect even after he is forced out of office, to continue asking for money, keep asking for donations, to fight, talk about a 2024 campaign, which I've already heard rumors I, yep, about. Yep, I've been hearing that too. Even though I would have no intention of actually running in 2024, I would just keep bilking all those suckers for money. One thing that I've heard talked about, which I think if I'm Donald Trump would be a a smart move, is to buy a stake in OAN, change it to the Trump Real News Network. And just let it be your cult propaganda Yeah, and just make money off of it. I mean, look at how many viewers Fox has. He's already been fighting with Fox lately because they're kind of pulling away from him. Well, and actually, even with that same press conference today with Kaylee McEnany, Fox literally stopped the press conference and said, we here at Fox can't in good conscience let this continue because they're not saying anything accurate. (laughs) So Trump is mad at Fox right now. Yeah, so he should try to steal Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson to join his real news network and then just... Make it his propaganda machine. Just constantly push that narrative that he won the election. It was stolen from him. And he needs to run again and give him money and buy all his stuff and just keep making money. That's He's a con artist. The problem is I feel like Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity make so much money at Fox and they have so many viewers at Fox already that they wouldn't even bother. Give him enough money. I mean, I guess. That'd be a pretty high paycheck, though. Yeah, well, I'm sure there's a lot of rich, uh, I mean, the Koch brothers. (laughs) A lot of rich idiots who would be paying this, yeah. Republican donors, man. All right, and what should the GOP do? If I'm the GOP, post-Trump. And and we're saying, yeah, like, from their perspective, what should they do? (laughs) Not what we want to see, not completely admit that you're a bunch of frauds. and Right, and say, oh, we're going to be actually rational for once. Yeah. We're going to stick to what our values say we are. Right. We're gonna back we're gonna go back to being the party of Lincoln. Yeah. So I, if I'm them, I double down on that they're the victim in all of this, that they had a a president stolen from them 
that the Democrats are all corrupt, that they are the underdogs again. Yeah. Because now they're officially, well, I mean, in the Senate, they may not be, but like they're out of power. Mm -hmm. So and that's where they have a lot of their energy and strength coming from is they have this weird victim narrative that even when they're in power, they have this weird idea of like deep state Democrats who are just running the show. And I think they need to try to hold on to as much of their current base as they can. They got over 70 million votes for Trump. Think of what they can do, you know, with a candidate who's not crazy. Yep. Keep embracing the evangelicals. Claim that everything the Democrats do is religious persecution. Everything. Regardless if it is reasonably or not. Just keep pushing that narrative. Yep, just like they did with Amy Coney Barrett. Yep. They just don't like her because she's a Catholic. Just keep double down. I think that's where they're getting a lot of the Latino vote from, by the way is because of religion keep pushing that as hard as you can they do need to kind of come out against the uh, racist white supremacist accusations like definitely push that they are not the white supremacist party and i mean like probably actually push it you know where have initiatives in place that they're not doing this and as much as i hate to say it probably do things like have i don't know racial bias teaching for staff members. No, 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 no. You're you're misunderstanding I mean, here. I, I I get it, but I'm like, if you want to be like strategic for optics wise. Yeah, it's just for optics. You just say it. Right. <laughs> and then you talk about how Lincoln was a Republican. We're you're the party for the minorities. But then you keep doing the racist stuff and dog whistling to the racists because you still need them. So you still keep saying that murderers are coming up from the border, and that's what sells, man. Muslims are bad. Yeah. So I'm not saying don't be racist. I'm just saying say that you're not racist. More. Right. Like, just (laughs) Just be outraged anytime anyone's like, why are you so racist? Right. I would also say get quieter. Be quieter in your rhetoric and just try to be more composed. Because I truly do believe that with a more composed candidate, the Republicans have a really good shot at winning the president again, in my opinion. You already have the turnout for it. I don't think it's going to be as high without Trump, but I don't think you're going to have a turnout for the Dems that high either, to be honest, without Trump. So I think if you just have some kind of composed candidate who says all the crazy stuff you want, but says it quieter and less stupid, you're going to go a lot farther. Keep up the, like we talked about, the alternate reality thing that Trump was doing, where you just lie constantly and just keep insisting that your lies are not lies, that that's reality. You got Fox News there. Just keep milking them. Let them be your propaganda machine. Make sure you're working together on messaging so that you can say, hey, no, I'm not lying. Did you watch the news? Now, Jason, you have a point here. (laughs) This was the most depressing thing I wrote. You have Ivanka 2024. I'm not okay with this. That's what I would do if I was the GOP. Everybody knows that Trump Jr. and Eric are doofuses. I don't think they could run. But Ivanka, the Goya spokeswoman? (laughs) I think they would really have something if they would run Ivanka in 2024. 
See, I feel like, though, the thing with Ivanka is just compared to her family, she seems super smart by comparison. And I think if she would actually to run for president, she would have to talk more and she would come off as an idiot. Didn't hurt Trump any. I hate that you're right. And finally, what should we do post-Trump? We as the American people? The American people, the listeners, you and I, Jason, the average person, what should we do? Like I said before, and I keep saying it forever, we need to stay on top of the misinformation and conspiracy um, theory problem. People will believe literally anything, and we've learned that tenfold in this um, crazy election that we had. Get some science education. Listen to the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe podcast. Yeah, but not even that, but just you have to confront it even though it's scary. When your crazy friend starts talking about random conspiracies about voter fraud, you have to call it out. When your crazy Aunt Sally starts talking about how Kamala is a secret satanic Muslim thing, you have to call that out. You're going to cause conflict. It may seem scary, but you have to do it. Because if we don't, we saw what happened in the 2000s to um, 2010s era with Obama. When we just ignored it, they grew to power. You have to shout it down and call it out. Ours, we're going to have another Trump again. Because obviously these voters are not going away. And then one thing we can do, and I think we should all do as well, we now need to stay on top of the Biden administration, just like we did with Trump's administration. I we, hope so. That's going to be we, our entire show. Right. We now have the chance to criticize Biden, even though we'll have to see what he actually does before anything else. But let's be fair. Let's call a spade a spade. Let's actually be critical of our president when we have to. Let's be honest here. And then finally, let's make sure we keep people engaged. Yes, we had a gigantic record-breaking turnout this year, and that's awesome. But come in two years when we have more Senate races coming in, they still need to vote for those two. You know, even if we lose the two races here in Georgia, you know, we have several candidates who are Republicans running for re-election in 2022. Ron Johnson. <laughs> right. I'm speak I'm thinking of one. We're coming for you, Ron. That we can flip. But you have to keep people engaged this entire time. And then finally, celebrate the win. Enjoy it. I know I said this already, but seriously, this cannot be repeated enough. I know things are still scary. I know we still have several months before Trump is out of office. I know we still have the Senate to worry about. We still have a lot of work to do. We still have our crazy aunts and uncles and our family members and our friends and coworkers who are just spewing random BS all day long. Enjoy the win. Take a deep breath. Go for a walk if you still can. Play a game. I don't know. Do something that relaxes you because I do believe the worst of it is over. While we still have a lot of work to do, we had to start somewhere. We made a first great step with this election. Stay safe and get vaccinated. Actually, yeah, do that too. Get your flu shot. Thank you for listening. We hope to see you in the next episode. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at ThinkProPod. You can email us at ThinkProPod at gmail.com. And remember, when in doubt, think progressively.
Jumping over to Arizona. Arizona. On to the main story. Now taking the main stage. <laughs> Candy. Wow. <laughs> Rejoining the Iran nuclear treaty. Nuclear. Rejoining. I hate <laughs> you so much. <laughs> I knew I was going to say nuclear, too. Oh. I, knew, I wrote it nuclear, and I was like, in my head, I was like, nuclear. Nuclear. Oh. Nuclear. And then I said nuclear. I know what the word is, people. 